Hello everyone and welcome to the latest edition of Marketing Week's This Much I Learned podcast. I'm Lucy Tesseris and I'm the Managing Editor of Marketing Week and today I'm joined by two marketers from FMCG giant P&G. We have Emma Gerrard who is Brand Director for Feminine Care working on brands including Always and Tampax. She's been at P&G for nearly six years working her way up from Junior Brand Manager on Gillette and Oral-B to Brand Manager on Fairy and Daz and Senior Brand Manager for Pampas in the UK and Ireland before taking on her current role in October 2020. We're also joined by Alexa Copeland, who's Brand Manager for Emerging Channels and Fabric Care, who joined P&G a year ago, having completed a degree in Economics and Management in 2019. So we have two marketers who are at different stages of their career at P&G. Welcome to you both. Hi there. So today we're going to be talking about some of the experiences that Emma and Alexa have had since deciding on a career in marketing, as well as how the exchange of ideas has helped them both during their time at P&G. P&G is a business that looks to foster a culture of continual learning and support, and one way it looks to do that is by providing all new marketing recruits with a mentor. And that's how Emma and Alexa know each other, because while they don't work on the same team at P&G, they do have a mentor-mentee relationship. So Emma, as someone who has been mentored and is now a mentor to others, how important is it for career development to have someone within the business who you can lean on for advice? And what kind of things do you talk about? Yeah, I, I've really found it to be quite critical at every stage of my career. So at, at the very beginning, I really had no idea what I didn't know. And you're, you're leveraging your manager hard because uh, you're really thrown in the deep end and they really need to help you get closer to the business, closer to the consumer and basically there to firefight with you. And your mentor is, is really a different chain of support, which is more of a coaching support. And that can be career, like what potential is there for me to do other things? What sort of skills do I need to be thinking about to work on with my manager? Um, or it could even be about having a discussion on how to manage your manager. And you can have that independently with someone that you can trust um, and go through that kind of learning curve with someone else. It's also great to learn from different perspectives and different experiences. It's kind of the equivalent of going to your doctor for a second opinion, um, because there is all sorts of ways to tackle challenges and you will have one way, your manager might have another, but I guess it's the diversity of thought that really helps you learn very fast. So the sorts of things you can discuss are really ranging and it depends where you are at in your career. In the first year, it's very much, here are my challenges. How how can I work on them better? Like, what sort of conversations should I be having with my manager? Um, any tips and tricks? It then eases into more coaching. So here's my opportunity area. How can I get better at this? What sort of experiences would you recommend? And then it leads up into... I'm ready for the next stage of my career. What can that look like? Help me understand different routes that I can take. And then for me, having a mentor, um, I, I've collected them over the years and they offer all sorts of different things to me. Um, but ultimately, who they are to me is just picking brains to get that diversity of perspective, to get how they would approach a challenge. Um, and I always call them my phone people. So they're people that I don't have to formally email and request approval or advice I can just pick up the phone and say right okay help me I've got this challenge how would you see it and it's just about that those different people that you can pull on for for different situations and I just think it's so valuable you learn so fast that way excellent no it sounds 
absolutely like that. Alexa, from your point of view, what would you say you've gained um, from the experience of, of having a mentor? I think it's really interesting because you join such a big company like P&G. Um, and I think it's a little bit probably overwhelming at first. Like there's so much input. It's all really, really new, like super exciting. But the learning curve is really steep. And I think there are kind of three main things that having a mentor probably really helps with. And I think first is probably more personal side of things. So like, as I mentioned, like you come in, there's so much to learn. There are so many categories. PNG exists in so many countries. So like just the scale of the organization itself is huge. So it's great to be able to come to Emma, like I come to her with questions, big, small things that like, there's no such thing as a silly question. Um, I can ask her anything with no pressure and get answers to how things work in PNG. And then also what's great about having Emma as a mentor as well, and, and particularly why kind of I chose uh, her as my mentor is because she has a lot of experience in the same category as I'm in now. Um, so obviously she used to work in fabric care, which is great. So as well as the kind of personal side, she has some of the more technical knowledge that comes with the category that I work in, which is great. So I can come to her with questions on like, this is my situation. I don't know where to start. Like I have so many inputs and so many things I could consider. Where do I begin to come up with something that's really great, to come up with an idea that's brilliant? How do I consolidate all this information into an actual strategy that I can like have concrete next steps on? Um, so I find that really helpful. And then also the development side of things. So I feel like for the first few months while you're there, you're kind of just getting stuck in, learning everything, really exciting. And then kind of more recently, as I've been here for a little bit longer, I think it's great to start using her to look towards kind of where I can improve and what the next steps in my career could look like um, over the next few years. So it sounds like a, an incredibly valuable relationship. And it, yeah, it sounds like um, that just kind of the, the key to it is kind of having that kind of openness and kind of being ready to kind of share ideas and kind of talk things through and kind of opening up kind of different ways of approaching things as well, which is sounds sounds really great. Now, I know both of you are kind of super enthusiastic about marketing, but it's not always top of people's list as a career option. Emma, what more do you think could be done to attract people into the industry? This is definitely a challenge which I'm tackling pretty directly because I'm involved with the recruitment at P&G. And going to a careers fair is always intriguing to see what people are drawn to and, and what they're not. When I think back to when I was thinking of careers they were very cookie cutter careers if they weren't obvious then it wasn't something that you were necessarily considering so like there were big broad topics like oh you can go into accountancy or banking and marketing is kind of a, a subset I guess there were a few maybe it's because there were a few jobs available maybe it was, was because there aren't marketing companies were less visible when you're considering a role I think it's interesting at PNG because we hire from within which means that pretty much 99% of the people that come into PNG all come in at that graduate level so I think that's really the age that we're looking to try and influence and from our perspective and and from where I'm seeing it, I can't understand why you wouldn't want to go into a role like marketing. But I think maybe it has these negative connotations attached to it. So that like ads and selling and commercialization feel somewhat at odds with um, the passions of a 2021 year old these days, which is more along the lines of uh, how can we find more sustainable solutions? How can we 
um, kind of take a step back from capitalism. And I think it's about really framing marketing as this force for good and all of the positive impacts that you can generate via brands with you know the right consumer insights the right products being made the right uh, advertising to talk about the products to make people realize that they can change habits which can affect things so whether we're talking about like we can use some of our brands as examples aerial the campaign around turn to 30 and the huge environmental impact that can have really has to come from brands and big brands to create those habit changes it can be social change so i obviously work with period products we're running a period stigma campaign at the moment to try and tackle some of the taboos to get people to have normal conversations about periods. The impact really goes beyond business. And, and I think that's what we could do a better job at showcasing. And on top of that as well, one of our slogans is why consult when you can lead and the amount of ownership and responsibility and skill building that you get from marketing where you really are like at the heart of an organization, you're pulling on all sorts of different um, functions. You're really the leader within it all. You have so much responsibility. I, I think it's just such an exciting challenge for people to enter versus kind of picking apart at one small bit. So I guess it's really about showcasing the power of good that marketing can do and can bring and the pride that you can feel in working on some of these campaigns whilst also highlighting from a personal growth perspective it's a fantastic training ground. You can start doing marketing and really go into whatever area you want to do, whether that's business, sales, advertising, creative. It offers so many paths in the future. So I think it's just a great training ground um, for whatever anyone wants to do. And do you think that young people perhaps don't realise the variety that a career in marketing can offer? No, definitely not. It, even when I talk to my friends, I'm I'm pretty sure that they think that I like draw storyboards for ads, <laughs> um, which, you know, I wish I was doing. I, that sounds like a great job. But um, it is so much broader than that. It's it's really um, rooted in, OK, what how do I get closer to um, to people and consumer insights and how someone lives their life behaviors? I think that's really like you know the psychology of behavioral change that's what we tackle first and and that starts with research mm. and then you go into product design and you know um, logistics manufacturing sustainability like life cycle analysis and then you go into how do we build consideration how do we build physical availability in in retailers like how do you sell convincingly um, to trade as well as to to people to use the product so I don't think this comes across at all um, and uh, yeah it's very much a Jane from marketing meme that sticks in my head where you're kind of you're the last post I guess everything's already developed and now all you have to do is push it on Instagram but no you're right there's a lot more to be done and I think at PNG that's why we call it brand management because you're a business leader who you know, marketing and advertising specifically is, is just one node of, of things that you have responsibility for. So, yeah, I think pulling pulling back the layers and helping people see the full picture would, would definitely do a good job of making people realise how attractive and amazing it is to work in marketing. From my perspective as well, it's really interesting because I feel like as a relatively recent grad, kind of often the only visibility you have of marketing unless you do a degree in it or or you kind of specialize in it in some way 
the only visibility of it that you have is actually just the ads that you see out there in the world, like the billboard you see on the way to work or um, whatever bus stop, bus sheet you can find or, or ads on Instagram. So I think it kind of feeds into it, this like lack of understanding, as Emma was saying, how much depth of scope that you can tap into as a marketer and as a brand manager like that you touch on the sales you touch on on production you touch on consumer and having that at the core of everything you do um and I think that's just not immediately obvious for people on the outside looking in and considering marketing as a role yeah absolutely before you joined PNG what kind of extent of knowledge of marketing did you have so I feel like I was kind of lucky, um, to be fair, because since my degree was economics and management, the management side of it definitely tapped into marketing at kind of a deeper level, um, rather than that kind of just superficial ads um, headspace. So I feel like I did have um, exposure and it was particularly useful um, looking at case studies during my degree, because I feel like that really brings it to life and makes it a lot more exciting. Um, so it's not just the theory, but like how it actually comes to life in the real world that like really got me hooked on marketing um I think also like in general I've always liked psychology and I find it interesting like that you can influence people's behavior and how like subtle ways you can do that um so I think that side of things I've always been interested in so I think that lends itself well to marketing in general and what more do you think could be done perhaps to to kind of to illustrate just what a career in marketing can offer do you think Alexa I guess there's definitely an awareness piece, um, like making it, making kind of what a brand manager role is or making what a marketing role is just a lot more um, commonplace. And so people know that it is beyond the ads. Um, I guess that's something that could be done by kind of um, companies, but also I guess like the broader, broader world. I think as Emma said, for me, it's interesting. My degree, even though I did have visibility of marketing, it was very much like it funnels people into banking and consulting. That's kind of the more consideration set. Um, so I feel like we need to move marketing into a place where like it fits as one of those core considerations. It's not kind of like outside of the norm that, that you pick marketing as a career, but like it's within that kind of commonplace um, options that you consider as like a first priority when you're thinking of where you want to go. Yeah, I, I often think about this in the recruitment space as well, because I remember thinking of it as I think my talents lie in creativity, not in number crunching in Excel. And that and that was even before you get to shall I do consultancy or banking or like, do I join an ad agency and go into that creative world, which is my thought process, is that it, it doesn't neatly lie in either of those marketing. It's it's a fusion of all of these different like skills that you can leverage. And I, I think it's that like halfway house where you're not in this dichotomous, like either it's the mindset is I want to earn loads of money and I'm going to um, have a very like numerical based career in banking or I um, care less about what I'm going to instantly earn because like that first salary is meaningful when you're at university and you're trying to make a start for yourself and perhaps move to London, which is tricky in itself. But then I've, I want to go down the creative route and marketing is a bit of a halfway house. So maybe we also need to position it as one where, you know, you don't have to earn peanuts to do marketing. It's, it's a brilliant place to earn good money and you get that perfect fusion of analytics and creativity. So I guess, yeah, finding that, that middle ground. 
Absolutely. Actually, you mentioned uh, um, skills there. What would you say are some of the key skills that you need to be a marketer, Emma? Multiple. <laughs> I think you, you grow them throughout your career. And I think that you don't need to be a superstar in each of the skills, but realistically, you definitely need to be a strategic thinker. You need to have that ability to, yes, like absolutely get the job done today and tomorrow. But what are you doing in a year's time? How? What is your vision for the brand, for the business? Um, and I think that stops short termism thinking and, and poor investment choices. So strategic thinking needs to be at the heart of that leadership. If you're going to lead a multifunctional team, which includes like sales, supply, finance, then you need to have that that natural skill um, to bring people together, to get them to believe in a vision and to help them outline the building blocks to get there. So leadership is a must. And then analytics. You need to have that analytical thinking to understand, okay, how do I um, read this data in a way which spells out a story, takes it, it turns data into information, and what should I act on? What is going to deliver um, the biggest result at the end? And, and I think you need that analytical thought process to do that. And, you know, the practical ability to, to crunch numbers is still very much there in, in marketing. So... Uh, and then finally, I would say that like a, a dose of creativity is never a bad thing. And being brave and, and going after that will always serve dividends in, in marketing. But it's something you can also be coached on. Um, so it, it shouldn't be something that puts you off if you think, oh, I'm, I don't know if I'm inherently creative. Um, and, and the other way around, I don't know if I'm inherently good at analysis. You can train yourself in all of these skills. But I do think strategic thinking uh, and leadership are really at the heart of marketing. Absolutely. Yeah, so strategic thinking, leadership, having an analytical mind and a, and a dose of creativity. And I suppose it comes back to um, what we were talking about earlier about kind of the, the idea of continual learning and kind of ensuring that you're kind of constantly moving and constantly refreshing those skills and kind of um, enabling you to kind of move on to the next um, stage of your career. Oh, yeah, definitely. And um, again, when you're kind of bringing people in from the first time, I wonder, Alexa, if you felt the same, but your obsession is what brand you work on. Um, and especially in a company like P&G, you've got some global iconic brands. And uh, I remember starting out and I really wanted to work in beauty. I wanted to work in hair care. Oh, please let me be the Aussie brand manager. Um, and my route ended up being a um, basically uh yeah daz and fairy laundry products and then pampers for, for good measure with uh poo uh, it wasn't the beauty route but i it took me far too long to realize that the brand you work on is of very little consequence it's really about the skills that you're able to develop along the way and that's what's really important about it what's your experience been like alexa it's funny because so i feel like since i'm a year in it's like some things still feel very new to me um so for me I feel like I am very much in that in that moment where my brand is like everything it's so exciting it's so new like I want the best for it and it's brilliant and I think um what's great about like the way I can interact with Emma is that she helps kind of give a bit more perspective on the fact that like yes the brand is obviously so, so important and so, so exciting but equally the learning and everything that you're gathering along the way is also critical because it'll build you up for success in the future and you'll kind of create a good platform of just skill set that will like put you in perfect stead for everything you do in the future and it's kind of like collecting I guess collecting different 
different skills and abilities across. Um, so I feel like it's it's been really great because I can definitely feel myself gathering all of those. I look back to where I started like just over a year ago and I can see how much I've learned. And it's so, so satisfying to look back and think, wow, like how much more do I know now than I know then? And how great is it that I can apply that to everything I'm doing now and then in the future as well? Absolutely. Absolutely. And kind of looking just a bit more broadly, what, what would you say are some of the, the key issues facing um, the marketing industry today? Emma? My biases, uh, which I should declare, is I've only ever worked at P&G. So um, I haven't moved around a lot. I don't know how everyone else is, is looking at things, but I, I do see a lot of the marketing news as very um, like burst headlines about um, it could be VR, it could be the metaverse, you know, and this feels like what marketing is. And and that's not how I see it. And I wonder to what extent we've started to internalize that as, as marketers. Am I doing the newest technology? Am I pushing the innovation of my brand? And I think that's a really big challenge um, which marketing faces, which is that element of short-termism and flocking to something because it's trendy. And I do think that it's really important to stick with the principles of brand building and brand management and keeping the consumer at the heart by stepping away from the trends. It allows you to see this longer term picture of what am I actually solving for? Why isn't someone buying this brand? And what what do I have to do and who do I have to talk to to make a change in that? And perhaps that's particularly relevant for brands like at P&G because we are very mass penetration it you know talking to to tribes of people is perhaps you know has got less of a dividend or um than than going big um after something but I don't think it is I think it's valuable for every business to keep consumer at the heart and I think once you move away from that and once you start to think touch point first that's where things start to get a bit messy and I I can't imagine you get good results from that. So that, for me, is something that sticks in my mind. Absolutely, yes. So not putting the, the tactics before the strategy. Yeah, exactly. From your point of view, Alexa, after your kind of first year working in marketing, what would you say are some of the, the key issues that you've noticed? Again, really interesting, because I feel like my my visibility of it has been so much shorter than Emma's. So it's, it's always interesting to kind of think about it from a different perspective as well. I think for me... Um, in a similar kind of way, I think social media um, over time and more recently has become a bit of a, a buzzword and then also something that people kind of attribute the entire of marketing to. So they think that like good campaigns are living, existing on social media alone. And I feel like in the same way that Emma was discussing, it's important to make sure that everything that you're doing is holistically linking to that strategy and playing into like the broader vision for the brand. And if that's social media and that makes sense, then great. And it's obviously a really important place to exist, but it's also important to not lose sights of those other important touch points as well um, and kind of broader broader campaigns um, to make sure that we're really staying relevant um, and make sure that the campaign as a whole makes sense and what you're doing for the brand makes sense, not just doing it for the sake of doing it because it's a popular thing to do. Absolutely. That's uh, sound advice. Well, thank you both so much. You've given us a lot to think about and some great advice for anyone starting out in the industry and for businesses looking to attract young talent. So thank you. I hope you've enjoyed listening to the latest edition of Marketing Week's This Much I Learned podcast. You can check out all the podcasts within the series and the next episode on iTunes, Spotify and SoundCloud. So that just leaves me to thank Emma and Alexa and you for listening. Thank you.